0: Welcome to Unstacking the Daddytory, podcast from Unbooking the Territory, where we are building to the biggest wrestling match in history. It's uh, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks at Wembley in 1981. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me.
1: At the Wembley Arena we will be seeing Giant Haystacks versus Big Daddy. What will you be doing to Big Daddy? Well Kent I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do to him I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to him.
0: The time has
1: come no time matches when Haystacks and Daddy clash on the mat-
0: how are you this week, Dan?
1: I'm very good, mate. I've, uh, I'm, I'm sat at the desk. I've stopped scribbling stuff uh, on the top of it in uh, in marker pen. I've put the compass away so I don't start gouging, holding things, and I am ready to be educated in big daddy and giant haystacks.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to going through this uh, with you. We're um, two big lads that like wrestling, talking about two big lads that like wrestling, so what could go wrong here? Well,
1: it depends how much we
0: drink. Well, yeah. And have we had our uh, pint of Jersey cream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or
1: have we had our uh, three pounds of bacon and a dozen eggs to
0: maintain our strength? Exactly. Our, uh, our 11 pints and two bottles of wine. <laughs>
1: and several chickens.
0: Several chickens, yeah, yeah. Well, no, so actually, at, least, at, least, at least Lauren's not here. She'd she roast them at us. I was going to say, it's like when I took Cousin Chris to uh, a Persian restaurant and he had two whole chickens. I'm I'm just impressed by that. Yeah, 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 chicken sweats. <laughs> I'm driving to Liverpool tomorrow to get a bloody emergency passport.
1: You do get roped into these things, Robert. Mm, he wants to go and watch
0: Burnley play Genk. <laughs>
1: oh, God.
0: Poor lad. Poor lad. Poor lad. Well, it's enough to drive us to drink. So, are you drinking, there?
1: I am indeed. I'm seeing off the last of my uh, beer 52 box. Uh, for anybody listening along in beer order, I'm on a uh, an, a 4Pure night bus, which describes itself as a rich and chocolatey stout at 5%. Um, I've found it neither particularly rich nor overly chocolatey, but again, it's going to sit in the uh, the 2.5 region of Untappd. Uh, before that, I just finished a, a Black Pearl Oyster Stout from... Uh, Gads the Ramsgate Brewery uh, which was very nice it was 6.2% and and actually that's going to get higher than a 2.5 that's probably going to get maybe a three three and a half that was bloody lovely
0: oh excellent excellent so I have gone back to our favorite brewery Arteris and I have a Demeter which is a 7.2% west coast IPA I had it before it's bloody brilliant um uh, awesome can out, as always from Tartarus. And if you want to drink Tartarus beers, you can log on to tartarusbeers.co.uk and put in the promo code Podcast 15 and get 15% off.
1: You can indeed. And uh, not to peel back the curtain, but I've still got that can of Loki sat next to
0: me. Ah, very good. Very good. So, yeah, if we, if we go into overtime, uh, Dan's going to go into.
1: So. <laughs> I might just tease this kind of Loki for the whole series.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me unleash the Loki. You wouldn't like me on the Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Puny beer. <laughs> oh, excellent. So we didn't cover in the opening episode, but we aren't going to go into full details with these matches. We're, we're going to sort of, you know, have highlights from the rounds, how the falls happened, if the multi-fall matches, how Big Daddy slash Giant Hairstacks looked. Did they make their opponent look good? What were they wearing? Big Daddy's costumes were made by his wife, Eunice. So <laughs> you're going to see some Bobby Dazzlers in, uh, in this. Although I, I did hear um, Cesaro makes his own gear. Oh, I, I'm Anthony Castagnoli, as he is now. Claudio Castagnoli. Claudio Castagnoli, I'm getting there. As, That's, as Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, you could not, not, not
1: Antonio Cesaro. Not Antonio Castagnoli,
0: Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, th- this is the problem. They've got so many bloody names and... Whatever. What happened to him being a rugby player? More wrestlers
1: need to just change the last name and keep the first name like Johnny Johnny TV Elite, Mundo Terwilliger, Bouvier, Huss-McClure
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they do indeed, they do indeed but uh, yeah there you go. Um, but
1: yeah, yeah. apparently does have heard that too and uh, I know for a fact that um, Jordan, uh, Jordan Grace makes her own gear as well
0: Oh, well there you go, there you go I think Oh, was it Sasha Banks's partner used to make her gear as well? I don't know if she's still with him. But aside from the gear, we're going to cover the you know the crowd reactions, um, our Kent our Kent Walton moment of the night uh, in terms of uh, you know what he's come out with. Are we hyped for uh, Wembley eighty one as well?
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm going to throw it out there now. I uh, I misunderstood. The, uh, the Kent Walton moment of the night. I forgot what we discussed because we may have discussed some of this when we were slightly inebriated. So I've just done a traditional moment of the night. There you go. I'll, I'll do better going forward. Superb. I'll tell you what, to make up for it,
0: shall I give you a giant hair fact? You, uh, g- you give me a giant hair fact.
1: So I promised one that would tie in with S4C and I'm, I'm just going to try and get back some goodwill uh, by giving you that now. In 1990, Giant Haystacks appeared on S4C in an episode of the Welsh-language soap opera, uh, which I'm going to butcher the name of, uh, Cwm*. I hope that yes. was right. Yes, And is. he appeared as himself when he came to the Valley for a wrestling match with El Bandito Orig Williams.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. The um, ta- captain of uh, Team Cumroon. Yeah, the most overman
1: we've ever seen on uh, on the main UTT show.
0: Yeah, no no one's as over
1: as Orig Williams is in Carnarvon. Exactly, even when it says real on the canvas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well there you go. There you go. So, yeah, that's uh, I only had the one for this week. Yeah, no, well that's a, that's a great fact, but you can sprinkle those uh, through uh, throughout the shows as as we go along. So this match that um daddy's having today against Kendo Nagasaki. It was taped on the 11th of September, 1975, shown on the 13th of September, 75, promoted by Moral for as part of joint promotions, and it comes to us from Blackburn. In terms of Kenan Nagasaki, we're going to see him over the next this episode and the next two to follow. He's going to have uh, another match against Big Daddy and then be involved in a, a tag match, um, although there may only be fragments of the uh, tag match remaining. Uh, and I actually, it comes from a very weird and wonderful uh, place that you wouldn't have expected uh, the first sighting of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the episode to have appeared. So we'll, we'll come to that when we do. But um, just a little bit of background about Kendo Nagasaki, which, which is quite difficult because Kendo Nagasaki is a man of mystery. Uh, he's a, uh, a masked wrestler. We know now he's uh, Peter Fornley from Stoke. But, you know, in in terms of, at the time, he did very much try and, you know, keep kayfabe and uh, not, you know, give much of his background there. He did start wrestling in the early 60s. He was tagging alongside Count Batelli, who was another famous masked wrestler. One of the issues that Kendo faced was that he had this Japanese gimmick. And the um, gimmick of Kendo Nagasaki is that he is um, possessed by the spirit of a mighty warrior of the past sort of thing. But obviously the authorities thought that that was a little bit too close to the bone, given how close it was to the Second World War, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was quite difficult for him to um, you know, get time on TV. Because of that, well, as we go through this series, um, we go into like build up to the FA Cup final days and the the big shows uh, in in the uh, wrestling calendar. And uh, I think season one we were looking to go up to the FA Cup final in nineteen seventy eight. Kendo Nagasaki, despite being one of the biggest names in the history of British wrestling, only appeared in one FA Cup final show. Really? And, yeah, and uh, that was nineteen seventy one. Uh, when he had a, a victory over Wayne Bridges, which is, is kind of hard to comprehend. I think Daddy has seven, Haystacks has four, Mick McManus has more than he can shake a stick at, I think Palo's about seven, Kellett's got a couple, Ricky Starr- when Wayne, Br-
1: Wayne, Wayne Bridges must have a couple, because he's not always
0: a wrestler, he then went on to play for Chelsea. Well, <laughs> uh, Wayne is <laughs> <laughs> he, at... The Dale Martin Spectacular in 71 at Wembley Arena. Not the cup final show, but they had the the big spectaculars at the uh, arena facing the man who goes on to become Kamala. All right. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So Kendo's uh, managed through the 60s and at this point by uh, gorgeous George Gillette. And he's his sort of mouthpiece because Kendo uh, doesn't speak. He did have several sort of tours of North America um, in in 72 when Daddy makes his debut, Kendo's on a tour of Canada. Uh, he does go and uh, work in the WWWF um, mm. uh, as well in, uh, in the early 70s. So, you know, he, he's been all about before this. And, yeah, you know, he, he's one of the biggest names in, in the industry uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, Kendo is one of those. Because we said in the in the opening episode of this series that you know Daddy and Haystacks are the two big British names, and then reeled off a bunch of names uh, after that. I feel like Kendo is one of the ones where you say to people of a certain age, "Oh, what about Kendo Nagasaki?" And people are like, "Oh, yeah, he was brilliant, or you know, really memorable, or something like that." he was always there and, and sort of prominent, but for some reason doesn't necessarily stick in the mind.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a top tier talent and I guess you, you, you throw in your, you might, you know, um Mick and Jackie Palo, uh, into yeah. that bucket. And then below them, you've got your people like, your, you know, your mighty John Quinns and, uh, yeah, you, Bert Royals, uh, mm. cetera, that, that are going to, Go into those buckets, but yeah, you know, he's a, a top-level talent. But uh, as we discussed on the first episode, it was a cultural event, Daddy versus haystacks It's like burned into the psyche of the nation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And like I said, it's because well, they they had the TV as We'll get to throughout the sort uh, of the course of this run.
0: Yeah, they did indeed. So just to say, for the actual show that was on on this day, there were there were three matches. Two uh, semi-finals for a tournament That they were holding And this Daddy um, Kendo match is one of the semi-finals The other semi-finals is Man Mountain Moran versus Mike Marino
1: Two names I am not familiar with
0: Now I believe Mike Marino Was one of the wrestlers That was involved in the News of the World Article when a tape recorder was um, Put in the dressing room And you know, they had the wrestlers discussing the finish to the match. Mm. All right, okay. Yeah. The other match, which um, Kent Walton, I have to watch this match, um, Kent Walton said would normally have been the opener, but it was kind of put in the middle as uh, a, bit, a bit of a palate cleaner, was Vic Faulkner, who we've seen before. He's uh, one of the Royal Brothers, uh, Burt Royal's brother, uh, against now ITVWrestling.co.uk. Uh, so this is Tiger Woods. Uh, and I got really nice. excited here because there was a, a wrestler in the 60s called Freddy Tiger Woods from Manchester who many people equate to, you know, very similar style and the ability of Les Kellett. So I was excited to watch that. Um, it, it, it's not Alan, no. it's not Freddy Tiger Woods. It's Alan Tiger Wood who was in this one. So someone who's also called Tiger. He's from Charlie, he's not from Manchester, he's not the same person. He does have a, uh, his seconds have uh, a tiger on the uh, back of the, so uh, uh, Yeah, tracky tops or whatever they're called. But yeah, it, it was um, a little bit disappointing it wasn't Freddy Tiger Woods, but you can't have everything in this world, can you? You can't, no, it's a shame, but there you go. No, I do find it interesting that uh, the goal for Tiger Woods is... <laughs> You know, between one person called Woods and one person called Wood, and then Tiger Woods, yeah.
1: <laughs> And the golfer is the, uh, probably the most controversial of the lot of them.
0: Yeah, and it's bloody hard to find matches of any of these guys because of the bloody golfer. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and where was he on the gate of golf? We didn't see hide the hair of him.
1: Yeah, dickhead.
0: Yeah, so so there you go. So before we uh, rush into this match, we're going to head over to um, the local press. We're going to uh, have a have a look and see if uh, there are any jobs for Dan for Dan to do the job.
1: Oh God, here we go again.
0: Yeah, so we've got the Liverpool Echo from Friday, the eleventh of July. The rules out of this, we're going to give Dan the opportunity of five different jobs. Uh, We're going to go through them, one in order. order. If he stops on one and says that's the one he wants, he has to stick with it. So if there's a better job in the future, he can't trade. And as we've said before, the 70s didn't care about protected characteristics. So if Dan doesn't meet any of these, uh, unfortunately, 1975 isn't going to give him the job.
1: And we'll see how I go because the uh, the first time we tried this, I took it all the way to the end and fucked it right up.
0: Yeah, too old for it, weren't you? So, yeah. yeah we having that. So, the first job is a store detective. The role is to patrol the supermarket. Knowledge of work involved is an advantage. And that's for <laughs> very limited
1: knowledge of work.
0: Knowledge of work is an advantage. I'm aware that work exists, therefore I'm qualified. Do you want to be a star detective? Fuck no. No. Sounds sounds too
1: much like retail.
0: Just as well, because that was only for women.
1: Hmm. Yep. Well, there we go.
0: There you go. So are you an eager beaver, Dan? Not particularly. More eager beavers to join Britain's fastest-growing TV rental company, Lloyd Supervision. Again, it's Britain's fastest-growing TV rental company. that said that twice. Uh, you'll have seen our showrooms with their elegant blue and white decor. I hate it already. Nope. And our eager beaver
1: advertising. We have openings for more eager beavers to join us. Stop saying eager beavers, stop saying TV rental, and stop saying fastest. Oh, God, this is a nightmare. Yes, yeah,
0: so you've already given up on this, have you? Well, let's say
1: the end of it, because if it's a good enough wage, I'll do anything. Sorry, best noise in the universe.
0: Crack on. So they're looking for a sales receptionist. It's a job for someone who likes people. Nope. It involves selling to new customers, taking payments from existing customers, dealing with calls from technical services, and handling routine clerical work. in TV rental is not essential. They're going to give you a fair training. And a salary plus commission paid for a five-day working week, and there's opportunity for promotion. That sounds terrible. So, are you, are you going to pass on this one?
1: I am going to pass on that one.
0: Well, just as well you did, because they're looking for a girl. There's a shock. Butcher's manager. Yes. Must have been in charge of a full. <laughs> he must have been in charge of a family retail business for at least five years. So it doesn't matter if you've worked for, like, you know, Shell, then that doesn't count. It's got to be a family a family business. You need a forceful personality and be capable of improving existing trade. Your wages are £50 a week plus monthly and year-end bonuses, and it's a secure position for the right applicants. Hmm.
1: £50 a week, £100. The wage isn't... Too bad, I don't think, for the, was it, 1975? No, 1975,
0: yeah. Okay. Front row for the uh, Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy versus the Saints was 90 pence.
1: Yeah. So I could attend more than two thousand wrest- 2,500 wrestling shows.
0: And be on the front row. You could have paid 20 to yeah. be on general
1: admission. I'm going to take the butcher's job. I want to be...
0: Uh, oh, you've taken the butcher's job. It's a minimum age of 40. I ain't far off. I, I can pass for 40. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. Now, again, 1970s employment law has fucked you. So um, the other two adverts, uh, and this, this one's insane, Salesman, and it says, most salesmen I've met recently possess one or more of the following qualities. One, an inability to start work before 10.30. Two, an inability to work at all. Three, will never follow up leads or find their own business. Four, require a salary, company car and expenses and are happy to exist on 1,500 per annum, which I didn't really get. So are they saying that they don't want people to be taking expenses in a company car, but they're also deriding people who want to work for 1,500 a year or less? It sounds that way, yes. Yeah, and people that can't close on sales. He says there are probably only two men around Liverpool that um, will meet these qualifications if you're one of them, please ring Richard Russell.
1: Jesus, that's crap.
0: I, I, I wouldn't have taken that anyway. Right, and the final job, well-known garage servicing Audi and Mishibishi and American Motors established in Amsterdam require experienced mechanics at short notice. The mechanics in question must be highly trained and there have to be bachelors, so no no married people here. I'd qualify. Yeah, prepared to come and live and work in Amsterdam, they'll receive a salary in accordance with Dutch standards, approximately £320 a month, with rent allowance and free travel. I'd have
1: probably taken that, to be fair.
0: Yeah, but uh, yet again, uh, you've... uh, not being the right age for the job that you've wanted. I'll, I'll get there. I will get there. The, the 70s job, Mark, it's really frustrating, isn't it? It's broke. I know. It's, it's insane. It's a load of bollocks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy, isn't it? It really is. It really is. So, yeah, we're, we're, we'll put that paper down in disgust. And we'll we'll pick up a copy of the uh, TV Times and see if there's anything else there. In fact, what we'll do is we accidentally picked up the radio times. We thought we were looking at BBC rather than ITV. And do you know what's on tonight on BBC at five forty-five? Doctor Who. Yeah, it's Terror of the Zygons, part four.
1: Oh, I've seen that. Yeah,
0: there you go. That's that's the one with the fucked up looking jaw monster, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. So th- there you go. Something that you can. You're depressed because you didn't get your job, but so, you know that's brought you back round.
1: As long as well, providing in the previous job, I earned enough to get a telly.
0: Well, yeah, well, there you go, there you go. So on ITV, the lead-in to World uh, World of Sport is Speedway Championship live from New Zealand. Then the halftime Roundup, roundup, then the wrestling, followed by final scores. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd definitely be watching Final Score. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the wrestling was on twice uh, on this day. It, it was it was on at 12.30 and then again at 4. The, uh, the 12.30 showing um, was um, after Planet of the Apes.
1: Oh, wow. Fair enough. You, I, I take it that was the original
0: Planet of the Apes? Yes, the original. Well, it,
1: it wouldn't be the 2001 version, would it? I've still yet to see that, but the pirate, I've seen they're all on Disney Plus. I need to go on like a Planet of the Apes marathon from uh, from first movie to most recent.
0: Yeah, I've watched a few of them. Uh, the first one's a good film, definitely. It's probably worth yeah. watching. Uh, if you can stay up to eleven forty-five, there's Kung Fu starring David Carradine. Um, so if, you're, uh, if you've ever seen that nineteen seventies uh, series, you can uh, go and watch that.
1: Yeah, I'll give that a go because David Carradine was in Kill uh, was yeah. Bill, wasn't he?
0: Yes, yeah, he's uh, uh, a nice, kicky man. Yeah, very much. But it was very
1: much Tarantino, I think, looking back to his history in in films like that, from what I remember uh, hearing and reading about.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, before this match starts, we get quite a lot of uh, build-up, don't we? We get gorgeous George Gillette cutting a promo, which is very rare for World of Sport.
1: Yeah, it is. That was one of the things I was quite surprised about, because um on youtube this is uh 10 minutes if that it's nine minutes 50 something and a good portion of it is the sort of pageantry and gorgeous george and, and all the rest of it so yeah it definitely let's just say gorgeous george definitely did his job
0: yeah he did yeah yeah hyping up kendo nagasaki calling him the greatest wrestler in the world today did you notice who the referee was at all I've recognized him, but I couldn't place his face. So, the referee is Ernest Baldwin. Uh, right. He was trained by British Olympic wrestler Henry Inman. He was the first ever Admiral Lord Evans heavyweight champion in 1951. We've probably talked about him before when we've mentioned the Lou Fez and Dara Singh tours. Um, yeah. You know, a constant opponent for, for those really big draws. He retired after a broken leg in 61 that came back for one exhibition match in 1963 against favourite of the show, Leon Harris. All oh, right.
1: Fair of, did, did he? Go, he didn't go into TV at all, did he? Like, like no. into acting and, and, and whatever. Because I swear to God, I recognise him.
0: Uh, well, possibly, and if he did, we're going to have to look it up and uh, <laughs> go and watch.
1: I don't know what it is. Or if I, oh wait. I was getting his face confused with somebody out of Only Fools and Horses.
0: I think his haircut was quite Jim Hess from quite <laughs> yeah. World of Wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah, you no, know, I
1: was meaning what little I could make out of his face, but I was getting him mixed up with the cafe owner out of Only Fools and Horses, Sid.
0: Ah, right, okay. okay. So at the start of the match we have an argument between ernest baldwin and gorgeous george because uh, kendo wants to do his salt ceremony and um you know his sword ceremony they don't get to do the salt uh, the sword ceremony he does sprinkle salt in both his corner and daddy's corner
1: yeah i like that though because the the, the, the rituals and, and all of that it's so great because if he's not allowed to do it then the heels or who I presume are supposed to be the heels, they have an out. They have something to complain about.
0: This is a tournament, obviously, so it's heel versus heel in this match. Yeah. Uh, It is quite interesting because the crowd are, well, they're booing them both, and they're a bit conflicted. They're like, we don't want Kendo doing his salt ceremony. By the same token, we don't want Daddy.
1: (laughs) Pulling his bullshit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting dynamic in this match as as a whole. But yeah, I thought with the uh, with the whole ceremony thing, it's just if he gets to do it, it's the reason he won. If he doesn't get to do it, it's that it's an excuse for him losing, and it just gives him a bit of I suppose the phrasing sort of comic book parlance is plot armor. Yeah, just guards Kendo against anything story wise.
0: Yeah, it does. So in terms of the match. Wow, Kendo does a lot of bouncing about, doesn't he?
1: Yes, he does. I mean, this was scheduled for six five-minute rounds, one fall to a finish. And this was effectively the Kendo show in terms of watching bounce off the ropes, then bounce off Daddy, then bounce off the mat, then bounce off the ropes and bounce off Daddy and bounce (laughs) bounce to the floor.
0: Do you think Shawn Michaels watched this match before the Hulk Hogan match at WrestleMania? I think he watched
1: it and said, "I need to be that, but more."
0: Yeah. I, to, to be fair, though, actually, I don't think I think it made Daddy look strong because we, you know, we know Kendall's mm. unit, and you know, he's a big lad himself, and uh, you know, he's, he's one of the biggest names. And the fact that Daddy's overpowering him, you know, he does those top hammerlocks, and Daddy just throws him off, and he, he sort of belly bounces him out of the ring at one point, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, this is where Ken Walton comes in as well because. Walton gives us a rundown before the match saying daddy's, you know, six foot, old, 24, 25 stone, and then makes a point of saying that Nagasaki is 16 stone and not a small man and isn't used to being the smaller man in his fights. No. So Walton does a fantastic job there of, of putting daddy's size into perspective.
0: That that was one comment that um, that guy who watched the Pete Curry Big Daddy debut match in 72 had put on the bulletin board, that because Kendo was on tour and, you know, there were mostly middleweights aside from Kendo, then Daddy looked like even more of a monster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's against the smaller guys. Yeah. But, yeah, the total belly bounce, uh, belly bounce count in this match is five there's
0: a lot of that going on yeah well which i don't think is a bad thing and we end up with daddy trying to uh, take off kendo's mask and kent walton saying, he'll never get it past the nose he'll never get it past the nose
1: i did wonder what he meant by that was it just that nobody's ever got it that far or is he just saying that kendo's got a big nose
0: i think it was that no one's ever got it that far i think that was the uh the thing that uh, you know people had tried to lift the mask off before but so uh, that, that was that was your look basically
1: yeah but it, it, i did even that you know i did, it adds an extra extra sense of of drama and it. yeah it's heel versus heel but the the amount of people who'd be looking at kendo thinking i want to see who he is we want to see his face we need to know who he is yeah that must have been just well watching it back and i'm looking at it it's, it's a massive hook in
0: yeah, and we know, I guess the TV audience at the time wouldn't have known, but we know the next match we're covering is a rematch between these two guys as well. So I guess from our point of view, it's, you know, some breadcrumbs of intrigue. I also, I didn't know that was the next match because I've not looked at the playlist. <laughs> we are covering that. Daddy does a two-handed strangle lift. And Kendo's big guy. I mean, we just recorded... You know, an episode of Unputting putting the territory where Brian Cage does this Fuego del Sol, and Brian Cage is a big guy, but you've Fuego del Sol is a quarter of the size of Kendo.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you talk about the uh, the choke lift, and it puts into perspective in in sort of my sort of wrestling fandom when I'd see Kane do that to guys like, say, X Pac, who were regarded as smaller guys, or maybe some of the light heavyweight crew. But then you you know down the line you see someone like Big Show, or oh, it's gonna be it's a horrible comparison. But Carly, the people Carly could lift, yeah, it just, it just adds an extra relevance to how big and strong these guys are.
0: Big Daddy's broken the Guinness Book of Record for the world's largest chest, and and not when he was fat, sort of thing. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he's down been- <laughs> <laughs> Jim um and in bradford and he's been clanging and banging you know i mean he he, he is he's a fat guy but, but he he can lift you know he's, he's padding
1: muscle yeah yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it, it's
1: yeah it's those things i think as well like how old is, is daddy here in 75 because i don't know if he just looks older of these but he's definitely not a young man
0: yeah so i mean we'd already said you know I mean, big dabby had uh, already uh, retired at uh, at this point and then he'd come back so he's born in 1930 so in 75 Since he's 44 four, 45. Yeah,
1: 44 45 and, and you know into the 90s even and probably the 2000s with a lot of the more mainstream wrestling 44 45 was regarded as over the hill
0: yeah, and, and and he he is literally just starting his his ascension at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah. it's absolute madness, and and likewise with uh, with Les Kellett, as well as I'm sure we'll cover in Club. He only, I'm sure, he only got into wrestling
0: late on. Yes, I mean uh, Les Kellett was born in fifteen, so yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But this this match, it was in many ways, it was exactly what I expected. Um In terms of, there's a you know a lot of belly bounce from what I've, you know from what I've heard about Daddy, you know, a lot of belly bouncing and all the rest of it. Uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting the negativity from the crowd, which was interesting. But even more surprising for me was the couple of times that that Daddy actually uh, took a bump and and sold for Kendo a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the end of it, you, you get a two-handed chop from Kendo. Ken Walton shouts out, it's illegal, does the three count, and he yeah. goes, oh no, the referee's allowed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, that was an odd one. And it it was, seemed to be part of an overall sort of confused finish where neither Ken nor the audience knew what was going on.
0: I mean, I love the fact that Kendo sort of rolled out of the ring, landed on the announce desk, crawled across it, accidentally rang the bell as it was crawling across it. (laughs) I didn't see that. (laughs) goes on the stage and celebrates like Blackpool in the LDV Trophy Northern Section Final against town when we thought it was extra time, not golden goal, with George Gillard, the the bugger off. It It was a confusing ending for the crowd there. But I guess it it showed that for all this dominance that Daddy had had, Kendo can beat you in one move, and that's kind of the the mystique of Kendo.
1: Yeah, it was effective for both guys, to be quite honest. Daddy looked strong and dominant for the most part, but Kendo, all he had to do was hit two big moves, and I I was surprised to see Daddy move as quickly as he did and sell the way he did. Even though you know, on the on the first one, I think it was the um, oh, what move was it? It was the 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 flying knee from Kendo. Daddy was still up first, but it was a hell of a bump.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. So, just in terms of our categories, uh, I mean, we've already touched on this a bit. But how do you think Daddy looked?
1: Strong, very strong, uh, dominant for the most part. But you know, adding that edge of vulnerability and, and questionable finish just adds more intrigue. So, yeah, I think he looked uh, he looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, I've just put awesome and dominant in, uh, in my notes. Next category, did he let the opponent look good?
1: Yes. Like I said, with the caveat that Daddy actually moved a lot quicker and sold more than I expected, even for just a couple of moves. You know, we're talking a five-minute match. They didn't have a lot of time, and, and it only made sense for Daddy to be dominant. So... I think Kendo got as much as he was ever going to get, and as much as he needed, especially with that with that finish, to make him sort of a um, a surprise package, so to speak.
0: And I think with Kendo as well, you know, we get the George Gillette um, promo. He's there in in the physical Kendo martial art gear, which looks intimidating. He does his salt ceremony in the corner. You know, it, it's it's the sizzle, not necessarily the sausage, with Kendo.
1: Yes, sorry. Yeah, uh, talking about the look, um, he looked fantastic. He, he was resplendent, you know, with his mask and cape, and, and George Gillette's outfit, you know, it was almost ringmaster, you know, ring esque, you know, and, and hyping up Kendo. It, it, Kendo got a lot before the match even started. So if we're taking it, because I, I think I took this a bit too literally and meant and thought of it sort of bell to bell, but if we're taking it throughout the entirety of the uh, of the Sort of clip, if you like, you know the entrances and the match. Then it was uh, it was pretty evenly matched between uh, between Daddy and Kendo.
0: Yeah, it was. So, uh, what Eunice did next? What? What about what, what? Daddy was wearing?
1: He had a he had a dressing gown with socket to him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> written on the back of it. It's funny though watching this because you know Daddy's a heel at this point, and you know I mean obviously when. Big Daddy's the biggest face in the industry. In a few years from now, you you expect that kind of thing. Seeing it now was a bit like, oh wow, you know, they, they have these catchphrases when when he's in his heel phase.
1: Yeah, it, it almost feels like setting the setting the scene,
0: uh, well, or or a bit of foreshadowing, or laying the foundation for a, for a face turn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, possibly, um, and, and we're we're away away from that at the moment. On the timeline, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt Crabtree's been brought in as the uh, the hot new uh, the hot new thing. Um, Ted Beresford's uh, stepping back. Um, You know, as we've said, Mick McManus Mm -hmm. is uh, coming to the end of his powers in terms of Dale Martin. This is the uh, kid that's going to take us forward, and you know, well, (laughs) the kid. Max Crabtree is going to lead us to Wembley 81 and, uh, you know, he's he's going to be in charge of British wrestling f- for a long time from this point. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's,
1: I suppose looking back on it now, when, you know, with the context we have, it's all a little bit bizarre and a little bit surreal. Maybe it's just from the outside looking in for me, but it, it feels a little bit that way when you put it in, when you put it in those terms that you just did
0: what well, calling max to a kid
1: well yeah effectively and you know and daddy is the up and comer at 45
0: <laughs> i get what you're saying uh, i do i think i think it was more the transition from the middleweights to the heavyweights and more you know how we see in wrestling
1: yeah no that, that's fair enough and i'll be honest i have been drinking so my, well, uh, my, my view might be a little bit skewed so what do you think about the crowd reaction the crowd were decent. It was uh, they were vocal, if not massively animated, for a lot of it. A lot of crowd noise going on. I think we saw the most movement when when Kendo went out of the ring, but they seemed decent enough.
0: Yeah, I thought it was decent enough. Uh, it was a bit weird being heel versus heel, so you know you're always on to a yeah. bit of a weird one with that.
1: It's never going to be as rabid as face versus heel.
0: Yeah, you know that, that's uh, that's one of the problems. What did you think about Ken Walton? what was uh, your uh, Kent Walton highlight? So
1: talking about sort of booking on the fly here because uh, I uh, as I said before I, I misunderstood the sort of the Kent Walton comedy moment of the night was uh, was the finish when he said that's illegal. Oh, he's giving it.
0: yeah, that that was mine as
1: well. but if if, if we're praising Ken Walton then I go back to what I said before when he's actually giving the context of the size of these two individuals and, and putting into sharp relief how much bigger Daddy is than an established heavyweight.
0: Yeah, no, that that was actually good, actually, in hindsight. And he said something along the lines of Daddy's 24 and a half stone and Kendo's 16 and a half stone, and in my book, that's at least eight stone difference. <laughs> I,
1: think you'll find I think you'll find that's actually true, Kent. Your book is
0: correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I I did like that, because effectively we're saying, and and to be honest, we talk about wrestling exaggerating figures. Mm. 24 and a half stone, come on. He's more than that. Yeah, he's got to be at least 26, 27. Well, he's got to be. He's got to be. I mean, because he's not a short guy either. I mean, he looks short when you put him next to... Haystacks but Haystacks is fucking massive
1: Haystacks was a legit 6'10 yeah
0: yeah so I mean Kendo was 6'2 and and Daddy Daddy, did dwarfed him so Daddy's gotta be 6'5 6'6
1: yeah yeah so and uh, well not to not to peek too much behind the curtain but I am I'm 6 foot tall and I'm well north of 20 stone and I have had a lot of people express surprise At my true weight now, whether that's just them being polite or not, I'll never know. But yeah, just looking at Daddy, he has got to be, got to be twenty-seven. He might even be
0: knocking thirty stone. I I would, I would have thought Daddy was close to thirty stone. He is massive. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and when he belly, when we say about belly bouncing, people, that thing does not move.
0: No, no. Well, he's massive, but uh, as we said before, he's a bodybuilder under that massive. Yeah, exactly. It's is, is, you know, jiggle, jiggle. It smacks people. Exactly. So, the final question, and I guess the most important question, are you feeling any of the hype for 81 yet? Not for 81.
1: I'm excited to see more of Daddy and Kendo at the minute. Well, well that's... Um, what... <laughs> yeah, but well, you know, I, I didn't know that that was the next stop when I wrote these notes, but... I'm looking forward to seeing more of Daddy and Kendo. To get actually hyped for Wembley 81, I'm going to need to see some haystacks.
0: Yeah, that's a fair comment. Yeah, yeah, we've only seen Daddy so far. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I am. Yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah. No, I, I thought this this was a great start to it. It really was. I mean, you know, it's a shame we've lost to posterity uh, the matches leading up to this, but given that... We've got no choice but to start in September '75. It's as good a place as any to um, to start the build.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And and it's kind of with with Big Daddy. It's definitely already there that he's more of a spectacle than 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 technical. Which you know I, you know said I expected. So yeah, it, it's really intriguing to see how to is is spectacle wrestlers the right term.
0: Because it it sounds, I'm worried. It sounds derogatory, and I don't mean it to be. I mean the the thing is, the, these are two of the biggest names in the history of the industry, and they they wouldn't give two shiny shits about what Dave Meltzer thinks. You know, yeah.
1: These it's are just, I was I was trying to think because the the talk about nowadays the so called work, work work rate wrestler, and it's you know it's, it's a type of wrestling that has been popularised amongst wrestling fans in you know in the likes of AEW and and whatever and i suppose you could put maybe certain forms of mexican re- uh, certain forms of mexican wrestling into that so i was kind of thinking that this is almost the opposite in that it's not going to be a million miles an hour there's not going to be a thousand moves so i was kind of looking for the opposite of work rate work rate God, that's not that's not easy to say after a few beers work rate wrestler and Spectacle wrestling was the best one I
0: could come up with. The whole reason they did wrestling was because you you have to, like, recuperate for six months after a boxing match. Mm. Wrestling is about, you know, bringing the people into the the town halls and the arenas and whatever the, you know, the 1975 equivalent was, you know, to to watch you. Mm. And for all that I am, Vic Faulkner and, alan wood put on a, a a technically sound match the thing that's going to make these people come back next week or next month or whenever the wrestling rolls back into blackburn off this card a uh, uh, daddy and kendo
1: yeah the the two big the two big buggers knocking the shit out of each other
0: yeah
1: and, yeah. and then you say about boxing that's That's kind of still true today. You know, the talk about the heavyweight division is traditionally the glamour division. It's the one everybody wants to see. And and the daft thing is, in in the last 10, 15, 20 years, um, I'm, I'm a boxing fan, there have been so many dour heavyweight fights where it's just two big lungs trying to jab each other's heads off. But then you get that one fight where the two big guys are trading and you don't know which punch is going to be the knockout punch and there's the drama... And all the rest of it yeah so yeah in those terms i'm i'm excited for what we're gonna see but not exactly fully hyped for wembley uh, for wembley yet
0: yeah well i mean as you said we're gonna to have to see them react and the first time we see them react they'll be tagging with each other so <laughs> well
1: that's brilliant until we started this i never knew that they tagged together
0: yeah so we're gonna get the whole The whole story, so it's not you know it's long long term storytelling. We've got uh, you know six years to kill uh, before we get here, so yeah. (laughs) Modern modern wrestling could never. (laughs) So we did mention that uh, we were doing project uh, with Big Daddy and Giant uh in terms of um, people that have mentioned the show. Danny at Scottish Juggalo said, "Uh, growing up in the two thousands as a wrestling fan, you'd always hear from family members. Discussing about Big Daddy and Giant Hairstack still fighting, through looking forward to find out what uh, made this feud so legendary.
1: You, you and me both, Danny. And uh, I just need—I've said it a few times in uh, on Twitter and in uh, you know chain wrestling chats and stuff like that. But I don't know when this will come out. But I got I had the uh, the great fortune of watching Money in the Bank with Danny in London, and it was an absolutely great day. Always love any chance to get to meet up with any of our little corner of uh, of, t- of Twitter, and uh, yeah, meeting meeting up with Danny and or Chris in London was uh, was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's great that you did that, and uh, sounds like you had a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic. Eric at uh, e underscore freed said um, that this would be a fantastic podcast. Hashtag Tank Abbott facts. So is uh, <laughs> on the on the bandwagon.
1: Hashtag giant hair fat
0: Yeah (laughs) But in terms of people that helped spread the message um, Tyler Peters at Dustin Tyler 86 GH at Carry the Gary Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris 1 Chris Mangle at Mangle underscore Chris Who I believe, I think he said before That he's from the same town as Kendo Nagasaki All right yeah, so he, he may correct me on that, but uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, give, us, give us a shout there, uh, Chris. Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, uh, Ben at Witticisms of Ben. Pig is at King Pigblad, so we have to give a massive shout out to him. He made the awesome graphics for this podcast series. Um, he's an absolute wizard of the photoshops. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I was letting you reel off names before, and and whatnot, but every every single person on there is uh, an absolute legend. Who who have, you know, we've all interacted somewhere on uh, on Twitter and just pig's bladders. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like another creator be as due his way, and I'll, I'll get this one Rob.
0: <laughs> and look at the objective pod, objective pod it um, out as well. So thank you very much for that. I mean, we are recording these in advance. So it may well be <laughs> there may well be several recorded in the background uh, before before these drops. So it, you know it's great that uh, just off that graphic we got some response. Uh, but um, yeah, if, if you do shout us out, there may be a, a bit of a lag <laughs> before. <Yeah>. We,
1: <laughs> <laughs> hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, Do you mean to tell me that one of our side projects, after unbooking the two seasons of unbooking the territory, people might not expect us to have some episodes in the can?
0: I, I just can't cope. It, it's like when, um, yeah, you know, Andy or uh, Chris tell me about, oh, I recorded it today. It'll be with you tomorrow. It's like, no, I'm, I've, I've still got half of that bloody show. Michael special to edit. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the point where I'd say, fuck it, and just put it out in its raw form and hope for the best
0: well well we know people that have done that <laughs> yeah, very true it's a
1: good job that you're the hard work behind this well the hard work and the talent behind this podcast
0: oh i don't know about that i don't know about that but uh, where can people find your hard work and talent dan
1: uh well if you can find it let me know uh, i'd love to have it back <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, if you want to listen to more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell, where we look at one episode or serial per Doctor per series, and we see what lands for me with the classic Who stuff as a modern Who fan and the reverse for Cy as a classic Who fan with the modern Who. It took it. It's taken four fucking recordings, but I finally got an outro right.
0: Well, I, And then I started talking over the end. So this is going swimmingly for us both, isn't it, Dan?
1: Don't care. I got my
0: bit done. Well done. Congratulations.
1: Condescending you... head pats all around.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, we'll get Lauren in for the head pass.
1: Well, i uh, will see her tomorrow, so
0: that will be fine. Oh, is she going to True Great? Yeah,
1: she is. Yeah, Lauren's coming.
0: All uh, right. Okay. So uh, I think that'll be our, our first time. Um, same place at the same time.
1: Yeah, so I'm either going to get a condescending head, head pat or get murdered or both.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Beth's going to be there as well, so you probably get murdered. Okay. Um, you can find me at UTC Roberts, really more about the music than about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. On the same channel that you're listening to this, you can hear um, the One Man's Meat podcast with Danny, our Scottish juggler, and the real Chris Bellis, and they're covering the forgotten star lines of wrestling, wrestlers that might not get that much love, that kind of thing. They do have a pint-sized project, which at time of recording, they have sworn to secrecy about. So I'm, I'm sure that's going to be... I'm trying to think of something with a pun with an X in it, but uh, that, that's quite hard, actually. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm drawing a blank as well
0: yeah yeah but um there's something to do with an x, x marks the spot when uh when you, you get there but uh, yeah um, it's their, either way all their stuff is extremely well researched and quality uh, entertainment so to so get involved in terms of the main show i'm booking the territory we're covering the first and last of wrestling so debuts finales that kind of thing and uh, we have another side project. Again, we're back in the 70s. We're a little bit earlier than this, though, because we are covering one of the hardest men that ever lived. People thought he was a clown in the ring, but he really wasn't. Uh, we're fo- following the lives and times of Les Kellett.
1: The only man that could
0: <laughs> fight Tank Abbott to a time the draw oh god can you can you imagine i mean the um, fight
1: would the fight the fight would start at the dawn of time and end when the universe ran out
0: yeah les kelly is the only man that could make tank ab at ballroom dance
1: <laughs> this bout is scheduled for one fall or universe time remaining
0: yeah it's that terry funk fight forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, oh, yeah, it re- really would be. Um, I cannot wait to get into Les Kelly and, and look at all those matches, because I think I've only ever watched the Leon Harris match, and maybe some some clips here and there. And even just off the Leon Harris match, he's one of my favourite wrestlers ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this. We're, we really are. We really are. And I'm gutted that when he left joint Promotions, there's, there's a picture of a wrestling event that he put on the Arndale Centre in Bradford and, you know, you look at the people on the mezzanine level and stuff and it's, I'm sure Eric Bischoff saw Les Kelly in the Arndale Centre in Bradford and thought I'm booking them all of America
1: Well, Bradford is the spiritual home of British wrestling Blackpool can get fucked
0: You look at the photo and you're like uh, "Yeah, yeah, I know where this came from Yeah
1: Absolutely, the the impact of Les Kelly knows no bounds.
0: Well, we'll we'll, we'll get there. But uh, but for now, next week we're heading on to uh, Daddy versus Kendo. Well, two in our uh, timeline because we didn't have the other match that uh, <laughs> involved uh, three in reality, but two two in uh, whatever we're going to be able to cover.
1: It's two in the uh, the the unstacking timeline. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, uh, at the end of all these episodes, we play a a different song. And since Kendo Nagasaki was on the show, Kendo Nagasaki never spoke in his career. And it was an absolute brave move for Danny Baker to invite him on to a talk show. (laughs) So, we are going to play out with Kendo Nagasaki and his manager that he had after God's George Gillette, uh, Lloyd Ryan. And they are doing a drum Gillette on The Danny Baker Show. Brilliant. Thank you for listening. You know, some shows will be satisfied enough just showing you Kendo Nagasaki, but drum, he will do. He's had a slight change of costume, and now please welcome, it's Lloyd with Kendo Nagasaki. (laughs)